ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Monday, April 13th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime. You can call the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite whole true great taste only, 96 calories it is. The original light beer. No guests today, so we'll be taking mostly your comments. Uh, best place for me, social media-wise, on Twitter, at Paul Swan. That's a great place to be able to talk to me. And, of course, I'll be reading all your tweets and your comments on social media as we progress through yet another week without sports. And let me tell you, it's getting desperate out there right now. I'm going to have to come up with something. I'm going to start some sort of home league, something a lot better than what we've got. Because what do we usually do when we're together and we're stuck at home when we've got the family? Well, we go to sports. And right now, it was not fun. I was watching a little bit of ESPN's horse contest. Now, if you don't know what this is, let me walk you back a minute. Somewhere, somebody said, you know what would be great while we're all stuck at home? A horse challenge where we get basketball players to play horse. Okay, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I like going out and playing a little fun game of horse now and then, right? Sure. All right, it's not terrible. We're all starved for competition Let's see what we can come up with. Oh, it was terrible. So this featured NBA, WNBA, and ESPN efforts to put together a horse challenge. So was it shot well? No, that's the thing. We have got, and let me be honest with you here, it doesn't take much money to put together something usable. It doesn't take much money. This wasn't live. We weren't live streaming this on Zoom or anything else. This was players taking their phones and shooting footage of themselves playing horse. And then all that video was sent off somewhere and it was put together. What? What? Did you not think this through? So I'm looking at pixelated cell phone video. That was terrible. It was absolutely atrocious. And this is what we're going to have to deal with over the next few months? Hairbrain ideas like that? No. First of all, there are better ways to capture this video. Now, I understand we're all under quarantine, but you mean to tell me we couldn't put a phone call in to say GoPro or someone like that and say, look, I need a couple of GoPro units. I need some heroes, whatever the latest units are. I need a couple of tripods. We just want to put this together. We're doing it quick. We're going to shoot it dirty. That's fine. You mean to tell me we didn't have better opportunity to, to stage this? These guys aren't dumb. They can handle hooking up a GoPro or some other form of video camera. And Oh, by the way, just a pet peeve of mine. Learn the difference between shooting video horizontally and vertically. Do not. Do one. Shoot the video as if you're going to watch it on your TV. Your TVs are not vertical, they're horizontal. So shoot video horizontally, if you would, please. So I watched that, not for long. I saw how terrible it was, and I'm, I'm done. And I tried to still watch the NBA players playing NBA 2K, and it was terrible as well. 
because, again, you got guys who are just NBA players. They're playing 2K. They're having fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to claim that I'm any good at this stuff either, but if you're going to put together a tournament of guys playing 2K, at least make it interesting or get guys that are actually good at the game. So ESPN, again, trying to fill programming, trying to give us something interesting because we're all starved for content right now. And they put this together, and we talked about this before, but I tried it again, and it just wasn't very good. It was like you and me playing 2K. The quality of the game was just that good. You and me playing 2K, we could have probably done better. And you didn't have, after all, good commentary. Instead, you had the video game and its pre-recorded announcers just reacting to whatever pre-programmed situations. You didn't have actual announcers calling this. At least when I've seen some of the NHL stuff on a couple of the uh, channels, I've seen some of the, for example, Fox Sports LA, I believe, or the Kings. I don't know which entity put it together, but it was on Twitter. I looked at a little bit of it. And you had actual play-by-play of NHL 20 being played. Okay, that's fine. That's interesting. You have real-life commentators commentating. It's a step up from what I saw here. And the players were just not interesting as well. I mean, they were just chatting with each other, like, hey, how's it going? There was nothing really into it. I've seen these things staged a lot better. Now, granted, you don't have the production value at this moment because you necessarily you don't necessarily have the ability to go set it up at a player's house. But still, there are people on Twitch and other video streaming services that are doing a far better job and are far more entertaining. I don't know if ESPN maybe wants to dial up a few of those guys. What's Ninja doing? Get him on, play some Fortnite on ESPN if you have to go this route. Just not very good. I was really, I was really disappointed at this because I think NASCAR, NBC, I think they're carrying these on Fox as well because I haven't seen that many of them. I did watch the one that was on NBC, but I think this is on Fox as well. I'll double-check that for my accuracy. But the iRacing, I thought the iRacing concept was really cool, and it's been good. It's been interesting. And you've got real-life play-by-play. You've got commentary. You've got check-ins with guys who are racing from their home rigs. And this is a lot better because these guys actually have put the time, energy, and money into these rigs because, I mean, this is racing simulators. These are pretty cool. Depending on your setup, you've got something that's pretty cozy at home or you've got something that's set up with rumble feedback, and it's pretty cool. And I don't know what the magic formula is for all the other leagues to come up with because I think the racing stuff has been pretty cool. Now, Kyle Larson right now might not think it's pretty cool because he was suspended indefinitely by NASCAR also He's not doing the iRacing right now because he got yanked from that because he used a racial slur on a live stream during the race. Now, he's since apologized, said no excuse, and the sponsors, of course, have slapped him on the wrist, suspended him, and he's going to have to go through, of course, sensitivity training and everything else, and hopefully he's going to learn from this. But I get it. You think you're just hanging out with your buddies. No, you're being broadcast, and I'm not excusing the the I'm not excusing it. For whatever the position is, home by himself, but you're on a broadcast now. You, this isn't home. This isn't home. You're in the car. Pretend you're you're pretend racing. Pretend you're in the car. Pretend you're 
being monitored because these guys are being monitored all the time on the radios anyway because people go to the races and they like to listen to the car chatter of their favorite driver. It's pretty cool. I mean, think about it. It was sort of what the XFL was doing, kind of giving you a little insight into, okay, let's listen in a little bit more. Let's listen in to what they're saying on the sidelines. Let's talk to them on the sidelines. But I think the iRacing stuff has been pretty good, minus Kyle Larson and his slur, and he is being reprimanded. He is being punished. He's losing some income over this last night. I mean, last, you know, he, He's really he's showing, I guess, the fact that you're not just hanging out with your buddies and you're not playing with your boys. You're not doing that. No, you're you're doing this. It's video game. It's fun, but at the same time, you know this isn't your home. Hanging out with your boys, you can say what you feel like saying, or you know you have that relaxed atmosphere. No, you're on a broadcast. You're entertaining us. You gotta act like you're on the job. I mean, even though it's fun, you're on the job. You're doing something. You're doing something that's being broadcast. And honestly, other than this, I think the iRacing stuff has been pretty cool. And I wish the other leagues could come up with something because even though this stuff is fun, they're thinking about other ways to actually get back to the business of sport. We don't know if baseball is going to be able to come back and start their season. We don't know if the NBA is going to be able to finish their season. And we don't know if the NHL is going to be able to finish their season. And I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't think we're going to see the NBA or the NHL. I just don't think we're going to see it. If it happens, I'm going to be excited because I miss hockey. I absolutely miss hockey. I'm, I almost, I almost broke down and bought NHL 20 because I miss hockey so bad. I didn't care what it was. I wanted hockey back, and I almost broke down and bought it. Then I looked at my bank account and realized where I work, and decided against it. But it would have been fun if I could have. We could have live streamed that. I would have been a lot better than those NBA guys. Let me tell you that right now. I'm just going to be upfront with you. I would have been at least aware of my deficiencies, and I would have owned it, and it would have been entertaining. But that's a side story there. So um, what are we going to do today on the show? Well, we got some stuff to get into. Of course, the XFL, I mentioned them. They have declared for bankruptcy. We'll talk about that. Uh, On a serious note, Chris Fowler was on Instagram yesterday talking about some informed speculation. We might not see football until spring of next year. It's going to be pushed back a lot as far as college is concerned. NFL, we still don't know what's going on with the NFL, but uh, we got some details on the draft. Roger Goodell is going to be making announcements from his house. That's pretty cool. And I guarantee you the NFL is going to have a lot better video production than that horse contest. I could go out here right now in the parking lot. We could probably stage a better horse competition and still do it with probably better results with my cell phone. I think we could have probably have done a better job if we put that together ourselves. But I digress. Here we are once again. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it every day trying to figure out what the day is going to be. It's always a challenge. So I appreciate you checking in with me every day and uh, going on this journey with me together. We will carry on with today's edition of the show when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Monday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. As we continue to struggle through these days, hopefully everyone's staying safe, and we do appreciate you checking in with us on the program 
I think the one thing I'm grateful for right now is the fact that we've got the NFL and they are having a draft. And we just found out that ESPN and NFL Network are going to put their forces together. They're going to put their resources, everything. They're going to join up. And it's going to be a joint broadcast that will air on both networks. Three days of NFL draft action. And, of course, if you can't watch it, you need to listen to it. We got you covered. We'll have the draft for you all weekend long, April 23rd, 24th, and 25th. We'll have the NFL draft for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So the draft, the broadcast, going to originate from ESPN's headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut. Now, they're going to limit everything, of course. So draft hosts and a limited number of commentators will be in studio. But social distancing guidelines, you would think I've said that enough. I would nail that when I say it. Social distancing guidelines. Other reporters and analysts will report remotely from home. Commissioner Roger Goodell will introduce first-round picks from his home in the New York City of Bronxville. Not the Bronx, Bronxville. So that's what the NFL draft is going to look like. I'm still fascinated by how this is going to play out. Is this going to look like one gigantic Zoom conference call, or is this going to have some production value to it? I think at this point we don't care, just as long as it's watchable. Unlike that horse game that they played, this is watchable. We're fine. Really, that's all we need because it's going to be quicker. It's got to be quicker. I think they're planning on doing this thing the first night from 7 to like 11 or so at night. Sort of the direction I've been given. It's going to be a little longer the the third day, I'm sure, because they're going to have more rounds to tend to. But I guess teams are still going to get their 15 minutes, 15 on the clock. Cincinnati Bengals, let's go. If that was the Bengals, I would just draw it out. I would go until maybe... 13 minutes or so, and then I'd give the commissioner the uh, the old text, however they're going to do this. And that's what's going to fascinate me the most, is how they're going to actually pull this off, how it's going to be orchestrated. Because really, on a best-case scenario, you've got the infrastructure that can pull this off. Worst case here, we're going to be in somebody's house. Wi-Fi is not going to be so hot. I mean, hopefully, commissioner's got good Wi-Fi. He's got good Internet. Power doesn't go out. He's got a backup just in case. I mean, is he going to be on his cell phone with the video? I don't know what's going to happen here. And that's the interesting thing about all of this is the fact that we don't know. And that kind of makes it exciting for me from that standpoint because I want to see how they orchestrate having all of these teams networked in from remote locations and still run this with some semblance of order. And then just to see how ESPN and the NFL Network, with their co-production, how they orchestrate this as far as trying to put together a cohesive broadcast. Radio side, I'm going to be interested as well, since we'll have the radio side of it, and we'll do probably a different broadcast than what you see on TV. But the NFL Draft, the only live sporting-type event, not sport itself, but... It's the draft, and to be honest, it's the best draft. I love hockey, but I can't stand the hockey draft. The NBA, probably second best draft as far as how they present it and how they stage it. But the NFL, it's a big party. We're getting it down to a Zoom conference call now. And that's it. 
That's what we've come to. And maybe, just maybe, we're going to see this maybe be the, the prevalent format for a little while until we get to a point where we can all be out together again in at least the same room. But this is a monumental, I think really monumental moment in the NFL because they are finding ways to overcome every single thing, but we're still counting down to, okay, what's going to happen when you actually get to the product on the field? What's going to happen? And it didn't work out for the XFL, and we'll tell you about that when we continue. The XFL declaring for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection today. We'll talk about that, and we'll get your comments online. At Paul Swan on Twitter, the best place to reach me today. We've got more coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM at AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. I think one of the biggest casualties for me with the COVID-19 pandemic is the XFL. The NHL is going to return. The NBA is going to return. Major League Baseball is going to return. These things are not going away. They're just right now paused. So we're going to get these things back. Not in the same way we left it. Some players are going to benefit from this time off. Some players, their clock is ticking. And they're losing precious time. Same thing with college athletics. Some players might benefit from this time. Other players, their time is running up. Other players, their school has pretty much said, you might be eligible. I'm not paying for your scholarship. Sorry. But the XFL, still one of the biggest casualties for me because I really believe it was starting something fresh and progressive and innovative. And I thought that if they could have stayed with it, it would have been a fun alternative to football from the NFL. And it wasn't necessarily trying to be the replacement for the NFL. It was filling a gap. There's this off period for football. The XFL offered itself up as an alternative to watching nothing, being bored, not liking other sports, but liking football and wanting football back. And it also offered an opportunity for players either that didn't make it the first time around in the NFL or for players that are looking to reinvent themselves, even players that maybe didn't think that they had anything left and this is their last go-around. So many ways you can look at this. But this was an alternative for players. The only path to the NFL right now feels like it's college than the NFL. Sometimes maybe you get that player that makes the transition from Canadian football, but... For the most part, college is still your main path in. And then we've seen with the XFL, they offer a significant take on football. It was open. Communications on the sideline, player interviews, the way the kickoff was handled. There were so many things, and it was fun. Now, was it the best football I've ever seen? No. It was way better than the first time around with the XFL and the Alliance of American Football. Way better than that as well. And unlike Canadian football, where I'm not a big fan of the rule set, this was still American-style football for me with a few enhancements, a few different takes. I like the fact that, all right, you're not going to kick an extra point. You're going to go for one, two, or three, added a different dimension to the game. So many ways we could talk about this. And I really believe this could have been something that offered a chance to maybe enhance what we see in the game of football. Because if something works in the FF, XFL, 
maybe it's going to translate to college football. Maybe the kickoff would have been adopted sometime down the line. The way we handle kickoffs, that could have been standard. Maybe not. It could have changed. We won't know, at least right now, because the XFL filing for bankruptcy today, and I don't know if it's coming back. You were hoping that, okay, it's going to have to try to weather the storm, and hopefully we can get it back. Once football comes back, once sports are back, and we're allowed to get together once again and gather in these arenas and in these stadiums and in crowds, that maybe, just maybe, we could get the XFL back. But the filing happens today. The organization possibly could be in the $10 million to $50 range. I'm sorry, $10 million to $50 million range in both assets and liabilities. You got guys like Bob Stoops. He's a creditor with a large unsecured claim. I will give the XFL credit for this. It didn't fail because we weren't accepting of it. It didn't fail because the product didn't live up to the expectations. It didn't fail for any of these reasons. It failed because of a once-in-a-lifetime event, a global pandemic. So small consolation there, but still, I don't think it failed. I think it was on its way to becoming viable. I really believe that. But now they had to cancel the rest of the season, and then they had to lay off employees, suspending operations. Unfortunately, I don't know if you can come back and get this again. I don't think you can catch lightning in the bottle again. They had eight franchises, played five games out of 10-game schedule. TV ratings were okay. Yeah, again, it's new. They had, I thought, a viable television plan with ESPN and Fox. We were talking about it. Spring football, we were talking about it. It was something we were entertained by. And, of course, baseball was coming up, and we would have had March Madness to talk about as well. So there were other things that would have occupied our time just as much. And I will admit, I wasn't seeking out the games. But if it was on and I happened to be where I could watch it, sure, I would watch it. And I think part of that was because I didn't have a team that I could latch on to. If there was a Cincinnati team, and I kind of joked about this, hey, XFL, can we get a Cincinnati team? And I'm going to tell you right now, if Cincinnati would have had a team in this league, I probably would have watched. I probably would have latched on to that team and said, this is my pro XFL team, and I'm a big fan. I mean, what happened for me the first time around was when the XFL took form, I grabbed a team. I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this out. So I had to have a team, and I took Las Vegas. Las Vegas Outlaws. I like the name. It's Las Vegas. I like Las Vegas. So that wasn't an option for me this time, but... I don't think it was really a, I had to have a team. I just, okay, here's a game I'm going to watch. And it's pretty interesting. I like some of the rule changes. I like the interaction on the sideline. I like the access. I like knowing what's going on. It's pretty cool. I hope this thing continues. And I think a lot of people watched it and out of curiosity and stayed with it. Unfortunately, this is strike two now for the XFL. And I don't think you get to bat again. I don't think you get to... I don't think you get to strike three because you played once and just poor, poor showing. So you come back again, and this time it's an actual football league. You bring in the right people. You take your time in putting this together, and you come up with, I thought, first, okay, who's going to watch this? And then you watch the plan come together, and you watch what they're doing, and you grow interested in it. And I completely was on board to the point where, again, I was hoping that Okay, maybe they could get a team close by. Maybe a Cincinnati, there could be a team. I would watch that. I'd have something to root for. Unfortunately, 
it's not going to happen now. I don't know if he's going to come back. And we've already seen this strike out last year. The Alliance of American Football didn't last a full season. It was done. XFL, it looked like it was going to last a season. It's done. Right now, if the XFL could have played a full regular season, I'm confident it would have been back next year. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And I'm disappointed. I really am. I was hoping that this would last. I mean, this was last. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't my go-to sport. And that's the funny thing about this. It wasn't my go-to sport, the XFL. But I saw the value in it, and I also felt that, all right, you know what? If there are some guys in this league that I knew, I might be a little bit more interested. If there were some teams in this league that I could gravitate toward, I'd be a little bit more interested. I'm interested, but still, it's not a must-see event for me, but it's something I would watch and hope to continue to watch. This could have been a great landing spot down the line. I mean, what if, just on a personal note, what if we would have seen a lot of guys make it from Marshall, teams loaded with guys from our school or your school, depending on if you're an Ohio State fan or you're a Mountaineer, if you are a Bobcat fan, whatever the case may be, I think that's where it would have started picking up, at least for us, a little bit more. Okay, here's a great option here. I mean, think of it this way. If players that we follow don't make the NFL, where do they go? Well, they go to sometimes the Canadian Football League. I mean, Rakeem Cato, we had interest in Canadian football for a little while because of Rakeem Cato. Imagine if the XFL was around and Rakeem Cato would have made a team, would have been the starting quarterback for a team in the XFL. All of a sudden, we're all about the XFL. And I think that's where it had a hook. It had to build to it, but still, that was going to be the hook for me. Is like, okay, I need somebody I can really r- relate to. Or give it enough time, it would develop superstars of its own. I mean, the NFL could have really used the XFL as maybe a second ground to recruit from. You do well in the XFL. All right, you had a pretty good season there. You look good. You look strong. You got some good tape here. We're going to give you a try in the NFL. Or you played in the NFL. You didn't have much success. You didn't have the right team. Or it just didn't work out for you. Whatever the case may be, but you found your rhythm. Okay, we're going to give you a second look here. Think of the possibilities here. This would have been a great outlet for the NFL. Because not only... Are you looking at college to refill your ranks? You can see what guys do in the Canadian Football League, and if their game translates to what you're doing, that's a viable option for free agency. And the XFL, if you see guys and their game translates to what you're trying to do and you need somebody and you want to take a chance on somebody who's proven, XFL could have offered that opportunity as well. Because, again, the XFL wasn't trying to be the NFL. And that's where the USFL messed up. And that's not the league's fault. That's one of the owners' faults who pushed the league to go in the wrong direction. The United States Football League could have been a viable alternative to the NFL even today if it wasn't for the fact that you had one owner. And there's a great documentary about it. Go look it up. ESPN produced it, I believe. You have one owner who made the dumb decision to try to go up against the NFL. Instead of being your own thing, you wanted to be the alternative to the NFL. Well, you should have been the USFL. That would have been a lot better for the league because, honestly, I think we could have had room for both. And at the moment, both were pretty competitive with each other. Now, we don't even have that. But 
I digress. We will continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. So we're all talking about things that are impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and one thing that we're all starting to worry about, again, It's minor compared to the gravity of the situation, but we all miss sports and we hope that we get college football. And unfortunately, we don't know. Now, Chris Fowler, who is better connected than most of us, he cites some informed speculation that the season could start maybe in February. Could you imagine we have to wait till February for college football? Now, he was on Instagram And he was posting a video there yesterday. And before I continue, is that where I need to go? Not Twitter. Do I need to go on Instagram? I do have the Instagram account. Do I need to go there and post my videos? I'm just asking. You guys let me know. Let me know on Twitter because I haven't given you my Instagram account yet. But he's on Instagram. He's posting a video. I mean, all, all kidding aside here. So he's talking through some drawbacks of the football season being played in certain types of scenarios. I mean, you can be looking at the season beginning in November, or you could see it pushed all the way back to February. Whatever's going to be safe, I think, is the action we need to take. Whatever's going to be safe, because if it's not safe for us to gather, my argument is it's not safe for the players. If it's not safe for us, and you're trying to limit interactions because, again, you're dealing with something that we have yet to develop a vaccine for or a defense for. And you can give me the flu argument all you want. It doesn't hold any water with me because we're talking about something that's very infectious. We're talking about something that we have no defense for. And we're talking about, honestly, what's more important, the economy, health. Can we balance both? And I think we can balance both. But college athletics, and I understand where there's going to be some concern and where there's going to be some apprehension because Let's be honest. The business model is going to be shaken completely. It's going to be disrupted completely if we don't have football. Because this isn't just we're playing football. It's an activity for student athletes. It's not that. It's not going to be that ever again. This isn't back in the day where you lined up on a football field with leather helmets and the guys are just having fun and you go out on a Saturday, root your team on, and that's great. No, we're not in that world anymore. Athletic budgets, for the most part, depending on the school, are funded by football, unless you're a basketball school. And then we got a different argument altogether there. But football's funding everything. And so we haven't got to that point yet where, all right, what does pushing the season look like as far as revenue is concerned? What does pushing the season back mean for other sports? Can you fund these other sports? Are you going to see reductions where possible of other sports? Marshall might have to look at how the operation of the athletic department takes place in light of the reality of now. And I'm sure those are conversations that are going on. And I'm pretty sure that nobody wants to look at that and say, let's just cut people or we're not going to be able to do this. I don't think that's happening. I think a lot of time, energy and care is going to be put into this because 
we're talking about maybe either a hiccup, a bump in the road, or a dramatic shift in how things are done in college athletics. We're all hoping for the best, plan for the worst, hope for the best. And how important will college football be to us when we get it back? Will people be apprehensive to go and sit in a stadium with people? Will people have discretionary income to go support athletics for a while? I mean, that's a valid question right there because there are a lot of people who are unemployed right now. There are a lot of people who are furloughed, laid off. They have reduced income. I mean, ESPN, they're asking some of their heavy hitters to take a maybe a 15% pay cut, including a Stephen A. Smith, because they're trying to make sure that they don't have to cut back some of the lower-wage people. They're trying to keep all hands on deck as much as possible. So ESPN is asking some of their heavy hitters, hey, look, we need you to take a temporary pay cut here. And it's not my job to discuss how they handle their finances and their business practices. But you know what? I understand where they're coming from because, let's be honest, we're all right now hoping that we can get through this. And we're all hoping that we can come out on the other side a lot better. That's why we ask you, hey, if you can support local business, that's one thing that we do. We're asking you support the local businesses in the area because they're supporting us. We're asking you to support them. We don't want to see businesses go under. We want to see businesses thrive. And yes, we are a radio station. We are here to serve the public interests, serve the public trust. We're also trying to help our business partners. You know, there's multifaceted reasons why we ask you for this, but at the end of the day, we don't want to see anybody go under. We want we don't want to see local businesses out. And if football is pushed back, what kind of trickle down effect is that going to have? What kind of impact is that going to have? Because you're not just thinking about football and paying athletic budgets. You're thinking about restaurants, you're thinking about hotels, you're thinking about all that ancillary business that goes along with it. All the revenue lost that couldn't be captured by visiting teams, by people coming into Huntington, and multiply that across college football, Division One, Division Two, It's going to be pretty substantial. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. Back tomorrow. Hey, let me know. What do you like next on the show? What are you looking for? Are we talking stupid movies? You want more hard-hitting news? We're working on guests for you as well. Give me some insight what you're looking for here. I'm basically taking requests right now. Best place to get a hold of me is on Twitter, at Paul Swan. That's where you're going to find me quickest, or you can find me on Facebook. Find our page, The Drive with Paul Swan. That's going to do it for this edition of the program here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.